0: This is an ACB Community Call presented by American Council of the Blind.
1: This Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted
0: on Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming. I've got a couple announcements here right off the top. The first thing is, Brad is our host today. He'll be helping us out. And I want to say thank you to Brad for being our host. Secondly, I wanted to remind everyone that I want to make sure that we get everyone's questions answered. So let's get everyone's first time through before we get second questions. So if you have the opportunity to answer or get your question answered the first time through, then try to let everybody else who has a question get their question answered. If we have no more hands and we have some free time, we can try and do second questions. And that's just to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to be able to get their questions answered. Sometimes it gets a little chaotic. Second thing, I want to remind everyone about the special event on September 13th. That's going to be the Blind Shell Phone, and we'll be here Tuesday, September 13th. And that's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific, same time and days. Nothing will change there. Lastly, Chris, a friend of the show, is going to be continuing his NVDA event tonight in the Bits Channel. All the information is going to be there in the email that was sent out today. So if you guys want to hear about NVDA, it's a great one. Go check that out and support those guys. And Michael, what do you have on uh, your agenda?
1: Speaking of NVDA, I do have some interesting things to talk about related to that, so definitely stay here. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to raise your hand, and we'll get to you after we go through these other things. Uh, I do want to let people know that uh, effective in the very near future, I don't have an exact date. However, these unmute calls are being slightly edited for. Uh, brevity and they will then be produced into the ACB community podcast feed so if for some reason you get a question answered and you don't remember what our answer is or someone else brings something up or we mentioned something uh just be patient and it will show up again in the ACB community call uh podcast and I do see that Beth has her hand up so let's go ahead and start with Beth today
2: yeah Um, I don't know if you know anything about this, but uh, I have some cassettes that I want to put on flash drive. Now, I still have um, cassette like boom boxes, but I'm wondering, like, do you need um, special equipment like I bet you need um, like for the computer or do you just hook up a cassette player to the computer and then a flash drive?
0: You're gonna need a couple of things. You're gonna need a way to play the cassette. And then you're gonna need what's called an analog to digital converter, which you would plug into your computer. And with something like a cassette, you play the cassette through, you know, so you would start at the beginning and you would play it through the digital converter on your computer. It would digitize it. So then you could save it on your computer. And then it's you have it on your computer, and it's digital. Uh, sometimes it's better to look for a service that does that. If they're out there. Yes. Um, because it's right. hard to find um, the all the components sometimes to make it work. At this point,
1: but
2: it can be done. It's, um, it is yes. hard. It's it's called a what kind of converter?
0: It's called a digital, or it's called an analog to digital converter. Okay. And they do make USB
1: cassette players that would play the audio through. Uh, USB what?
2: Sorry, my voiceover is being rude, annoying.
1: Certainly. So they do make USB cassette players as well. So you would plug it in and the output would be to a USB, uh, which then shows up as a secondary uh, audio card on your computer. And then you would record the cassette and then you can save it in a digital form. So, so our uh,
2: audio card, not, not the um, SD card.
0: Correct. But once There's you an- get a digital, you can put it on any format you like, whether it's an SD card or a mm-hmm. you know, thumb drive or a hard drive or whatever. The other oh. thing I would suggest is you might want to look for services out there, maybe do some Google searching because that might be a lot easier than you trying to right. buy the equipment and do it yourself.
2: Yeah, cuz I you know, I bet that costs like an arm and a leg. <laughs> and- <laughs>
1: And I will say, um, if you post an ad in some of the blindness-related organization or blindness-related advertising places, there are a few blind small business owners that do this. So uh, that is an option. Or as Marty said, go ahead and uh, just Google it and you'll find it. So uh, appreciate you uh, reaching out to us, Beth, and hopefully that helps a little. thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, not a problem. Looks like Uh Scott is next on my list. Hey, Scott,
0: how are you doing?
3: Yeah, hi. Good afternoon, Marty and Mike. Uh, Thanks for taking my question. Yep, yep. Um, I Googled this and still I'm having problems. I'd like to establish uh, in Zoom the uh, mute, unmute, alt, A as a global command. I went in, opened my, uh, went and logged into my account on the web and opened my profile page as i was told to do by the uh, google instructions but then could not find either a settings button or a shortcuts button um, you're talking about in zoom in zoom yes on the web and and uh, the instructions from google said click on your 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 profile uh picture of course i never uploaded one right and i and that, but i did did get the profile screen open, but did not find any other command or uh, button that would uh,
0: help. What device are you using?
3: I'm doing it on a computer using JAWS 2022, Windows 10.
0: And do you have JAWS or I'm sorry, Zoom downloaded onto your computer?
3: Yes, I do. And that's a pro account.
1: So I am going through the process because that is not the process I had. If you hang out with us, Scott, for a little bit. I'll I write it down you if you directions. give me the step-by-step. Yep. Step. Because yeah, I sure. think if I remember it, you actually go into the Zoom application itself on your Windows computer. And okay. then you would tab to uh, where you hear, say home tab and press enter to go to your home. Then continue tabbing to until you hear your name and then tab one more time and you'll hear settings. Go in there and then there's a list of different categories. In the last category down there is uh, keystrokes. And I okay. believe you can set global keystrokes there, but I'm, I'm right. checking for sure. And I'll, I'll get back
3: with you about that. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks very much. No problem. I can just
4: confirm that's correct. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to speak out, go but that it, is Thanks. definitely correct. <laughs> you go to your settings and you go to keyword shortcuts and you kind of have to do a bunch of tabbing and then you will get to this list and there's some checkboxes and you check the one that you want to make a global
3: shortcut. Right. Yep. And I want to do alt A uh just as yeah. the default as a global key. So
1: yeah, that thank you, Chanel. I, I thought that's where it was and I appreciate the confirmation.
3: All right. Now I can cool. find where the rest of the settings are in uh we in, can thank
4: in, Belinda for that one.
3: And yeah. she yeah. told me about <laughs> how to do this yesterday, but I obviously misunderstood her and didn't read the Google directions correctly because I was going in through the uh website application uh not the, the, the software on, on my computer. Thank you. Jane Yeah, no next. problem.
1: And Marty, I might have to switch to the Mac because my computer's not charging, so oh, disappear. That's
0: Oh, okay. Hey, Jane. Any <laughs> better
4: now with the audio? Oh, way better. There yes. you go. Uh, so I have an Intel. I'm like, sitting in my living room and I'm trying to figure out how to optimize it so that maybe... <sighs> You know how like Windows has just clean up I don't know what the Mac has to delete the what do they call them files um, like
0: cookies and like corrupted files, all that stuff like basically a hard drive cleanup,
4: something like that, so maybe I can make it a tiny bit faster I mean
0: um yeah. I mean the, so with what you have there, you can. Check your hard drive size and see how big it is and how much stuff is, uh, being taken up on the hard drive. You want to try and get some free space on there. So on a computer like that, depending on how big it is, you definitely want to make some room on the hard drive. Um, make sure you're up to date or up to the most current date you can be on that computer. I'm not sure how old it is. And, uh, I was actually helping someone who was trying to do some things and they only had four gigs of RAM and that was pretty much killing them. So you might want to also check your RAM to see how much RAM you have. There is also a utility that's made called um, Daisy Disk and that will show you where all of the large files are on your computer. And then there's a cleaner app and it's... I cannot remember... um, I'll have to, Jane. I'll have to let you know the name one of the One but... cleaner
3: app I use is called Onyx.
0: Oh, Onyx. There's one. That's not the one I was thinking of. There is another one, which I cannot think of the name at the moment, but I'll look it up, Jane. and get it to you. All right. Uh, looks like we have Christy, Christy next. next. Yep. Hello. How are you? Good, Christy. How's it going? Oh,
5: pretty good. i got actually a couple of questions. First one Ben. how do you set up a hotspot like how do you activate that with the phone because what i'm wanting to do is i hook my do you know up to my hotspot so
0: you got you just got a new iphone sure that... didn't you recently
6: yeah yep. yep
0: yeah so you want to make your phone the hotspot is that correct
6: yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so what you would do is you'd go to settings and then yep. i believe uh hotspot i can't remember if that's in something i think it's hotspot you go in there yeah, and then you configure it just like you would like your home internet. And so you give it a name or it might already have a name and a password. And once you've set it up, then it broadcasts just like any other Wi Fi signal. So then you would go on right. your computer or your iPad, or whatever you're trying to get on, and look for yeah. that in the Wi Fi and click that, put in the password, and you're good to go.
5: Right. Okay. So it says hotspot on, but I'm not, you know, I, I guess I got to go find hot spot again and see what it
0: you got to configure it the first time so you got to go in there and actually like set it up the first time once you have it set up the first time you can turn it on or off and as long as it's turned on it will broadcast and actually it will also work the same way in the sense of if you're using your uh laptop let's say your computer and you've been on it once already if it recognizes that again it'll just get on if you have it turned on
5: okay Yep, yep. So, but you want to make
0: sure you don't use up your data, though. Make sure that you yeah, have. Yeah, right. Of
5: course. You yeah. don't want to
0: blast your data out and get a huge bill.
5: Right. No, I'm. I'm basically just gonna use it for my e-reader. Download something after about a minute, and then that's about it. But I just want make sure I have access to it.
0: Yep. There you go. So,
5: and then the other question I have is, uh, how do you like write something? Let's like, say you're trying to send somebody, text somebody a phone number or a calendar date, how do you make that to where there's a link for them? Like, like say, uh, you know, so, and so, this is my phone number. And you know what I'm talking about, how it'll come up as a link. And then that person click on it. How do you make that happen? Instead of just writing the number and not having a way for someone to call. Am I making sense?
0: Are you talking you know? about, a, a a date or.
5: Well, like, uh, like, like, say, if, if you want to send somebody, say, a text or an email with a phone number in it. Oh, And oh, you want gotcha. them to be able, yeah, and you want them to be able to access that phone number just by clicking on it, you know, and right. it's you okay. call, whatever.
0: Okay, so this is what you would, you can do two things. If you want to type it out, you can do the way you would make it so it's a link is you do the first three numbers, then a dot, then the second three numbers, and then a dot, and don't put any spaces. And that will actually link it. Now, if you're talking about your own phone number, for example, you could go into uh, settings and then go to general keyboard and then go into uh, the keyboard short it's called uh, text you can type it out and then make a keyboard shortcut and uh then you could just have like a quick button and it will just put your phone number in there so uh, I'm, and i'm
1: why What you're thinking of, Marty, is text replacement. There you go. That's the word I cannot think of. Thank uh, you your settings. No problem. Uh, But natively, if you write a 10 digit phone number, especially if you're dictating. So if I said, uh, if I said, my phone number is 541 555 1212, and I dictated that. Uh, iOS yep. is smart enough to realize that those 10 digits are probably a phone number. So it's going to put a hyphen between the first three and the second three, and then it's going to put that second hyphen between the second three and the last four. That will automatically right. make it a clickable link. So if you if you dictate it and it has that, that distinguish, actually, I think even if it has 10 digits there, it's going to make that a clickable link so someone can click it and uh, uh, call your number from there. So uh, I think all you need to do is just send it to them uh and make sure that it's it's numbers and not words
5: right right and and how does that work with a date like if you want someone to be able to access the date with a calendar
1: so that's that's <clears> another <throat> smart thing in iOS. If you put January 16th, 2029, it's going to make that a date automatically that they can click. You don't have to do anything special with it because iOS is smart enough to show it as a date. You can also put 01-22-29, and it'll, again, see that as a link. And then when they click on that, it'll offer I them see. the ability to add that to their calendar if they want.
5: Okay, don't, no problem. And then one more thing, and then I'll get off and let someone else have a tone at it. I'm looking for a good flight tracker because like I'm going out of town and uh, soon I'm wanting to have be, be able to tell people, you know, hey, this is, give them the opportunity to get their flight tracker and so they can keep track of that flight that I'm on.
1: Hello?
0: I don't really fly, yep, yep. so I was so, waiting for Michael. So <laughs> I, I was
1: I was unmuting. I'm still messing with this charger. I've got 16% battery. Uh so I I'm, I'm gonna open this up and see if any if anyone else has an idea for a good flight tracker, please feel free to unmute because I just use the airline that I'm flying with to track my flights. Uh, or A Lady, because A Lady can track flights as well.
3: Hi, this is Scott. Um I have not tried either of these, but in a recent uh podcast, Chris. Nova from Mystic Access hmm. was recommending a program called uh, tra- uh, Track Fly or Fly Track. And then there's also another uh, program that I understand is accessible, um, both a paid and non paid version called TripIt. And it will send notifications of flight delays and all that other stuff as well. But I, I personally have no experience with either of those two.
1: Very good call. I forgot about the Mystic Access podcast. So thank you for that, Scott. And then TripIt is also awesome because all you have to do is forward your flight confirmation email to the TripIt system, and then it'll get everything all configured. Um, I appreciate you, Christy. And I believe this is iPhone, Malcolm. So Malcolm, I believe it's you. And uh, you are muted. Yeah. So while you're working on that, Malcolm, I'm going to go ahead and talk because that's what I'm used to doing. Uh, And I did figure out my battery. Apparently, there was dust in the battery charger, which is not good. got to look into that more. So uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting for Malcolm to get unmuted or while we're waiting for you to raise your hand to ask a question, I wanted to update people on something I kind of touched upon a couple of weeks ago. And I told Chanel specifically that I'd come back and talk about that. Oh, there you are, Malcolm. How are you? I'm I'm
4: good. Um, Thank you for taking my question and comments. Um, I would like to confirm next Tuesday, the 13th, you said at 10 o'clock Pacific time is for the blind clamshell
1: phone So it's not next Tuesday. It's Tuesday the 13th. That's in about three or four weeks from now. September 13th.
0: Yeah, September 13th. September
4: 13th. And it'll be on this same, um, use the same login and everything that I did just now.
1: Did you get here from the community calls? Yes. Yep. You'll just click on the link when the when it's sent out to the community call, and you'll be joined right into the call. And uh, we'll be talking with Diane from Blindshell USA, uh, and she'll be available to answer people's questions. Uh, and she's going to give a quick overview, and then I'll be demoing the blind shell as well at the same time.
4: Okay. Then also, I was having trouble unmuting my phone because um, I'm using Zoom on my phone. Is there a faster way to unmute than clicking down in the lower left-hand column and waiting for that to come up and the microphone to come up and tap on
1: that? So if you go into your Zoom settings on your iPhone when you're not in a Zoom meeting, so you can't do it while you're in a Zoom meeting, uh, I believe there's a checkbox that says always show meeting controls. And if you tap that, then it will always show that bar across the bottom of your phone. So then you would just go down to the lower left-hand corner where it will say muted and you double tap on that and then it'll be unmuted. Super. That helps a lot. Can I
4: ask one more question? Certainly. I don't know if anybody out there, I have partial vision, so I'm not totally blind, but somewhat. Um, When I use my phone, I have um, invert, smart invert and classic invert. And it seems like every time I go to a page that I can read and then I go to the next page, uh, it's it's changed where it's white with black letters, which I can't read that well, and I have to use my invert. Is is there some way to make it so that it's always that one way instead of having to switch back and forth every time I change a page?
0: Do you prefer it uh, black background with white text? Yes. Okay. There's two things you can do. One is well, are you on an iPhone? Is that what you're on? Yes. If you go into settings and then you go to uh, screen display and brightness, there's a button in there that says dark mode, and it changes your whole device to black background with white text. Uh, Unless, And that's all the stock, everything that comes on your phone. The only time it will not work is if it's a third-party app that did not program dark mode into their app. Now, on Safari, there is an extension you can get called Noir. It's spelled weird. I know. It sounds weird. But that is specifically for making Safari in dark mode, everything. Black background, white text.
4: Oh, wow. Every No, no matter what page you go to.
0: Exactly. It basically makes your Safari dark mode all the time. And okay. actually, they have that on iPhone, iPad, and on the Mac, and if you have it on all three, it uses CloudKit to sync your settings. So if you figure out the setting that you like on your phone, and you have it on your iPad and your computer, uh, it'll just sync all those settings through uh, CloudKit and make everything the same across the board.
4: Now, is that, Noari, as you said, is that a separate thing I have to download?
0: Yeah, it's called a Safari extension. You can get it in the App Store. So I look up Nuari. I'll find a spelling for you. Give me a sec. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. And
1: thank you very much for your questions. Veteran Doc, you are next. And if you haven't gotten that got it button, then go ahead and get it and unmute Veteran Doc. And we'll go ahead and uh, give you another couple seconds. If you are able to unmute, go ahead and interrupt me and we'll get you all taken care of. And in the meantime, while you are working on that, I will go before I do see the other hand here, but I want to get this out there so uh, other people can go if they're just curious about what my experiences are. So I installed Windows 11 on a MacBook Air M1 with eight gigabytes of RAM. That's all that was on the, the Windows 11 computer. or That's all that's on the MacBook Air computer. And it was a... Fairly pleasant experience, surprisingly. I did use TeamViewer with Ira. Quick tip for people on the Mac: if you are looking for Ira to control your computer while using TeamViewer on the Mac, you do need to go into Accessibility and enable that ability for TeamViewer to be controlled. And then the Ira agent went through and selected the buttons that needed to be but uh, selected after she read things to me on that was showing on the screen because. Uh, voiceover wasn't reading those and I'll tell you a way to solve that in a moment too Uh, and once we got it set up the parallels application went and downloaded Windows 11 for me so I didn't even have to go get the ISO or the image file for it and then it uh, went and did its little setup and I entered my name and I was on the desktop of my Windows 11 computer the whole process took about 15-20 minutes or so and once it was all set up uh, you do have some of the caveats that you have in a virtual environment. So uh, that means that your command key becomes your windows key and your option key becomes your alt key. However, what I discovered yesterday is if you go into the parallel settings on your computer, and again, those do have some accessibility hurdles that you have to get through. Things aren't labeled properly and you can't actually select things, but I used VO OCR, which is available on GitHub OCR, the screen, and then was able to click on different elements inside of the screen. So I went in and I clicked on the Bluetooth option in preferences. And once I did that, then it allowed me the opportunity to check the box that says use Bluetooth for Mac OS. And so I did that and then I went back to Mac OS with Command Tab to get into the Mac operating system. Uh, went to Bluetooth and set up. Uh, we at AT guys have a keyboard, and I imagine this will work with any. Uh, I have a friend who has one that will let you switch between devices, so I'm going to speak with him about his Logitech keyboard and how well it works. But I connected the Bluetooth fold- the fold- pluggable folding Bluetooth keyboard that we have at AT guys, and I uh, was able to at- navigate Mac OS just fine. So I switched over to parallels and then the windows key was in the proper place and the alt key was in the proper place so i didn't have any issues jaws does require you to use the beta of jaws for arm and um, if you don't use that then you can't install jaws so you need to go download that from the uh, service or the support page and then uh lastly nvda does work just fine with windows 11 and the experience was very snappy uh I I almost would switch to my wife's MacBook Air, and I'm going to have to experiment with it a little bit. I don't know about battery life because every time I pick up the Mac, it's never been fully charged. So that's my plan this afternoon is to play with that. I was able to get audio devices to work properly with Windows 11. And lastly, uh, one cool thing about <clears> this is on the desktop of your Windows 11 installation, there is a shortcut that says Mac files. And if you press enter on that, where you select that shortcut, you can then go to home and then download their documents and access your Mac files right there within Windows without having to transfer anything. Uh, super convenient. And you can uh, see all of your Mac applications and launch those from the start menu inside of windows 11 of course then you need to switch back over to voiceover but the integration is outstanding once you get past the setup screen so hopefully that helps a little bit for people who are interested in running windows
0: on an arm computer such as michael the let me uh, chime in real quick here mm-hmm. for the person who was looking for uh, noir which is uh putting your Safari browser into dark mode. It's spelled N-O-I-R, noir, and that's in the app store. And secondly, for the person who was looking for information about apps and technology for traveling, on the current episode of Mac Power Users, which came out Sunday, this past Sunday, the guy... Who was on there? He's a guest this week. His name is Chris Christensen, and he has a podcast all about traveling and all of that. So I would check out that Mac Power Users episode. It's a good one. He does talk about some of his stuff, but he also talks about his podcast. So I would check that out as well.
1: Veteran Doc, were you able to unmute? And I can't hear you. So let's let's jump over to Beth real quick while Veteran Doc is still working on that. Beth, go ahead and ask your question. You will also need to unmute.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, um, my I have a couple of questions, but I'll ask um, this one. <laughs> trying to prioritize, but um, my speech kind of shorts out with um, like like yesterday I was on a call. My speech kind of like kind of you you know how um uh, the uh, speaker inside the the phone kind of makes a l- slightly st- um, static just a slight staticky and then it shorts out. Now I'm wondering if um, like maybe my phone, when I have an iPhone eight and I'm wondering if it, if it's old, if it's just um, old or, or I know sometimes with my podcast, the storage, it says storage full.
1: So, if your iPhone speaker is staticky, I would get that looked at because I have two iPhones here and do not experience static out of my speaker. So that almost tells me that I think you may be having a hardware issue and uh, maybe worth looking into it. I don't necessarily mean that that means you need a new phone, but you shouldn't be getting static out of your speaker unless someone else comes in and says that they get static in their speaker as well.
2: Um, That that only happened um, yesterday, but my speech just kind of not all the time like if somebody were to look at it they would probably say lot well, here um things like well i don't hear it, it sounds fine to me <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah so um it, it it could be that uh also you did make make mention of something that can have an impact on the experience for your iPhone um if if you're getting a message that your storage is full you should go into and Marty will tell you I'm putting him on the spot how to find it um Veteran Doc, if you're getting that message, I'll I'll get right back to you in a in a moment, Beth. Oh,
2: oh Veteran I, Doc, I, I didn't I'll, hear you.
1: No, no problem. I'll, I'll answer your question in a quick second uh, about your, I'll finish my thought, but veteran doc, if you alt tab, you'll see a screen that says that this call is being recorded and you need to tab to the got it button. That's why it says the host is not allowing people to unmute. You haven't gotten the got it button. Uh, Beth, related to your phone, if you are uh, getting a notice that your storage is full, then I recommend going in and taking a look at what's using all your storage and clear some of that up because that will uh, positively impact your iOS experience if you use less
0: storage oh. if you go oh. to uh settings general storage you'll see like a list of things that are taking up how much space each thing takes up on your f- device
2: yeah yeah because um i like like with the podcast i know if you listen to it it deletes the episode but i if i want to delete only a few episodes at a time you know i can't it's hard to do that. It's like you either delete all the episodes, but you can't delete like as many as you want unless you listen to them. And then they delete after it says 24 hours.
1: That depends on the podcast app. But if you're using the native podcast app, that is correct. I I don't know of a way to delete the downloaded ones already.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, I'm using Apple podcasts. So. Yep. So I'm going to take a look at your storage, see
1: see what else, because just because the podcast app says that your storage is full doesn't necessarily mean that that is using the most amount of storage. It's just telling you, hey, we can't store anything else because your storage is full. Uh, So I'll go take a look at your settings, general storage and see what's taking up the most storage and see if you can free some of that up. Okay.
0: And some of your I apps that you don't use, you can also delete that take a, uh, up a lot of space. For example, if you're not using GarageBand or iMovie and those are on your device, right. those are huge. Get rid of those if you're not using them.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did I, I did that. Like I have um, things like the NBC app. Maybe I could delete some of those for, for now and then, you know, I could always re-download them because, yeah.
0: Yeah, correct. I would also suggest restarting your phone every so often that helps as well.
2: Do do I, then then I go to the shutdown I don't necessarily have to put turn my phone off.
0: Yeah, you would shut it off and then turn it back on again. So oh. w- which device do you have? Which phone do you have?
2: iPhone 8. Of-
0: you can hold the power button on the top right corner until you uh, hear or see the slider bar at the top. And then you tap mm-hmm. on that it'll shut off and then right. give it a minute or two and then hold that button on the top again and it'll start coming back on again.
2: Yeah. Cause it takes a while to come on and then, you know, you know, if the light comes on, I can't really see, like I can see bright mm-hmm. light, but, but if yeah. that light comes on now, now where's that light shining? Like, is it like, on the home button, maybe above that, because maybe I can see that. I don't know.
0: Well, it's going to be pencil. right at the top in the center. So do you, if you have voiceover on, you should hear it say shut down if you put your finger on it.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, veteran doc, were you able to get the got it button and unmute? If not, I do recommend leaving and coming back and then make sure you get the got it button and you should be able to unmute. Can you hear
6: me now? We Yes, we can, can hear you. Okay, thank you. I'm using JAWS 22, Windows 11, Office 19 now, and I'm trying to get into a header on a spreadsheet, and I can't, excuse me, cannot find header and footer anywhere on a ribbon uh, or under any of the tabs to go in to modify and edit a header.
1: So is it already a header that exists, or are you trying to make a header?
6: I'm trying to edit one that exists that was made with uh, Office 16, where uh, header and footer was under insert.
1: Um, Give me a second. I'm going to check something real quick. So here's a secret that um, I'm going to, let me type it in real quick, because. Okay, so in Office, um, in almost all Office products minus Outlook, so it doesn't work in Outlook because it does something different, you can press the keystroke Alt-Q like Quebec, and that'll put you in a search field. And then you could type something like header and then press the down arrow. And that'll take you to header and footer uh, without you having to browse through the different menu options to find the menu uh, that you're looking for. So Alt-Q will let you search all those menu options. And it may help you with getting to the header option that you're looking for.
6: Yeah, I, I went, did that. It uh, wasn't successful. It wasn't but- successful
1: in finding headers uh, then? No. Okay. This then would be a a point where I, because I I just searched now. I'm not running Office 19. I'm running Office 365, so the latest version. And I do Alt-Q, and the first option is headers and footers. So I would reach out to Microsoft Disability Answer Desk and see if they can remote in and help you find headers, because I wonder if it's hidden for some reason.
6: Okay. Thank you very much.
1: No problem. Sorry, I couldn't help you more, Eugene. uh, Do you need that number to Microsoft Disability Answer Desk? No, I have it in my iPhone. Perfect. And and hopefully they'll be able to help you, and we'd definitely be interested in the results of that. So thank you for uh, asking.
0: And as a reminder, if you guys have any tech questions, feel free to raise your hand. We'll try and get them answered. And in the meantime... I wanted to let you guys know that there. this is really new, just probably about a month or so. Uh, Microsoft and iCloud have integrated two-factor authentication. And I know probably a lot of you are going, no, that is awful. Most people hate two-factor authentication. But Michael, do you want to give a little primer on two-factor authentication and what it is so people understand?
1: Yeah, so the best way to understand the concept of two-factor authentication is when you sign into something You have something you know and something you have. So you know your password and you have a device that can either provide you uh, a code on it or I use a hardware two-factor authentication uh, device called a key that I have to plug into my computer and then press the button on it. And that tells the system, yep, Michael knows his password and Michael has his key, so let him in. Um, and so that's what Apple is doing. They're offering a software-based two-factor authentication solution to give you a six-digit key. Now, it is good to have. I'm. I'm not saying don't do this. Uh, some another alternative of two-factor authentication is sometimes you'll you'll it'll say we're going to text you a six-digit code and enter that code. That's to one factor. of your
0: devices in which you don't know which one. They don't tell you which one. Well, half some the time. of
1: them don't. Some of them. <clears> don't. Uh, so that's another example of two-factor authentication. Um, and so you know your password and then you have your phone, which is what they texted that code to. That's okay. Better than not having anything, but numbers can easily be spoofed. I Long-time listeners know that I have uh, recently swapped over six devices to a different uh, carrier, and there was no confirmation that I had to confirm that I wanted to switch those over, which kind of has me a little concerned about security. Uh, but that, the, the point of this is is that numbers can be spoofed. And uh, so I, I do recommend having text message authentication as a 2FA, uh, but it's not it if if you have other solutions, use other solutions. where I was going with that is iCloud control panel is a is providing a solution for two f a but it's not true two f a because especially if you save your password there too um yeah if that if that's hacked, then you have that aspect of it. but anyways, go ahead, Marty
0: so. Uh, Another thing I want to bring up is they're talking about this uh, October, actually. So this will be new regular iPads that they're going to be introducing. And this is the regular iPad with the home button still. So something to think about here. They are also going to be releasing across the board the new operating systems for iPad, iPhone, Mac, all the things. So... The issue is that a lot of the new features require an M1 processor. So if your needs for you know, an iPad are strictly emailing, listening to music, doing all the basic stuff, word processing, things like that, you're going to be fine. But if you really want to be able to utilize every bit of the new things they're going to be releasing in the new operating system, then you're going to need to have an M1 processor. You're probably going to have to bump up to the Mac, the iPad Air. That's uh, going to be the next bump with the M1. Uh, they're talking about updating the Mini. To have that with an M1, probably end of the year. But if you're looking for the lowest cost iPad, it's not going to come with the M1. So just make sure that you're thinking about all those things when you're looking to make that purchase. If you're someone who doesn't need every single thing and you just need something, you know, to do all the day-to-day stuff, you're going to be fine. But if you want all the new latest and greatest and be able to experiment with everything, you're going to have to bump up to the M1, which means spending a little more money. So okay.
1: I see two hands. Uh, If you have a question, go ahead and raise your hand as well. And I believe Scott Marshall is next.
3: Hi, a follow-up to your comment about the UB key. I had never heard of that before. Is that limited to the Mac environment? It sounds like a nice way of dealing with this two-factor authentication, which I understand the value of.
1: Yep. So YubiKey, YubiCo is uh, the name of the company that makes them. You can pick them up on Amazon. Uh, they come in multiple, or of course, YubiCo's website. They come in multiple different form factors. The one that I have is a USB-C NFC key. So it'll let you use NFC or USB type C to connect it. They do have a USB-C and lightning key. So you can plug it into the bottom of your iPhone uh, through the lightning adapter. And then they have a USB-A and USB-C key. And I believe there's a couple other form factors. So what I recommend is just go take a look at them and see which one uh, fits your work, your, your lifestyle. Uh, one thing to be conscientious of is not all two-factor authentication is equal. So some websites don't support Ubico. Uh, most of them do, but some of them don't. So just be conscientious of that.
3: And that's spelled U-B-I-C-O?
1: Uh, I believe it is, but I will tell you for sure in a quick moment. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. looks like we have a, someone on a phone. So it is U B I C O and the person whose number ends in three Oh eight, go ahead and unmute and ask a question.
6: Hi, it's Jewel. Um, uh, my hey, internet Jewel. was giving me issues. So I called on the phone. Hey. Um, so I was curious. I do a lot with plants, a lot of gardening and stuff. And I know there's a plant ID app out there. It's not the greatest. The only other way I've found to identify a plant is I have a Facebook group for um, posting a picture and people will help identify it. Do you know any app or websites or anything that might help with identifying a plant from a picture?
0: No
1: idea. Very, <laughs> I want to say Apple did something with the native camera and iOS 15 for plant identification, didn't it, Um, As far as I've seen,
6: they'll say like that's a tree or that's a plant, but that's as far as I've seen.
1: Okay. Okay. I could very well be wrong on that. Um, If you were on Android, I would say use the Google Assistant. I don't know that you can actually Mm -hmm. feed Google Assistant app on iOS images to identify. Uh, so, So unfortunately, I don't have a direct answer, but I will do some further investigation for you and see if I can come up with something over the next week or so. Cool. Thank you. No problem and appreciate you asking that question. Jonathan, you
3: are next.
1: You want to make sure you get
3: question, Oh, there you are. My question is
0: I have Clubhouse, but I'm not able to speak. And no don't have any idea how to find the button that says allow to speak or unmute.
1: Okay. So I will do my best to help you with this. Clubhouse on iOS?
0: It's on a Chrome Android Chromebook.
1: Mm, very uh, good. So do you see any of the buttons across the bottom on the Chromebook?
0: No, Okay. because I'm using voice.
1: Well, okay, I, I, I misspoke. Are you able to locate any of the buttons across the bottom using your uh, speech? No. Okay, so what all do you see in there? Do you just see the people that are in the room?
0: I just see the people names that listed on the screen, okay. it's reading the three of people.
1: Tell you what, I will grab one of the boys' Chromebooks and play with it uh, over the next week or so and get back to you on that because I have not used Clubhouse from a Chromebook. What you're looking for is there should be some buttons across the bottom, uh, one of which says request to speak, Um, but I have noticed on the iPhone in some instances there is a dismiss button that you may need to get before you're able to see those buttons. But I will play with it on the Chromebook and let you know for sure if you come back next week what I'm able to find out for you, okay? Okay.
0: Yeah, let me know next week. I'll be back next week. Perfect. We
1: definitely appreciate that, Jonathan. Uh um, welcome. And
0: looks, looks like, like there's Beth.
1: Yeah, Beth, looks like you are back and there's no other hand, so go for it. You'll have to unmute Beth.
0: And if you guys have second questions, go for okay, it. And raise your hands. Yeah. We got through uh it looks like all the firsts, so we can take seconds. Go ahead, Beth. Sorry.
2: Oh, you um yeah, uh, I don't know um if you're uh do like the cube braille like um but but somebody said I could store like things like the Bible in there. Now I have a, a Bible app on my iPhone, but how would I just store like things in there? Cause because the it came from hymns and the manual is on computer and I can listen to it, but I, I seem to be able be able to do it better if it's in Braille. And I don't quite understand. It's kind of confusing.
1: Okay. So two things. Number one, reach out to HIMS because I believe they may have a braille manual that you can get from them. It may be advantageous to ask them about that. My understanding about the cube braille, and I've never used it myself, is that you should be able to put an SD card in it, and any file saved on the SD card should be available on the cube and or be able to plug it into a computer and transfer files from it. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Okay. And uh if I do have a another first timer here. So Beth, if you have any other questions, let us know. We'll be glad to help you. But I do have a number ending in eight eight seven. You can go ahead and hit star six to unmute yourself. Number Hello. ending in eight eight seven. Hello there. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Good, how are you? And you're fine. This is Nate from Maryland.
6: I have a question. What is Clubhouse and when do you use it?
1: So clubhouse is a audio social network. It uh, is available on your smartphone or with some other solutions. You can use it on a computer. It is not something you can call into, but it is a way for people to get on there and uh, join clubs and be able to go into rooms and talk with other people in a live environment. Okay. I'll I'll
6: try that then. And one, two comments Uh, for hotspots, with Verizon, you have to pay extra to get that.
0: It depends on your plan and your phone. Exactly. So you'd need a device, yep. and it would start with your phone. Uh, if your phone has the Wi-Fi capability built into it, then that would work. But before you would use it, you would need to check with the provider to find out what the cost and gigs and you know all those things would be to be able to use it. If you just... Go for it, and you don't find out the details. You could get a fat bill, which you don't want. So make sure you give them a call. Right.
6: And then the other thing is I tried calling Windows Disability last week, and they sent me a text back indicating they no longer had call-in service. You had to click on the link. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I got the wrong number, but that's what I got.
1: Yeah, that is good to know. Uh, my understanding is they have not discontinued phone support. Um, and, and if you are interested, you can go to aka.ms slash dad, and that'll get you their, their phone number. And if you hang out with us a couple more moments, Nate, I'll make sure that I share that phone number um, it, to make sure that you have the proper one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. No problem. And Roberta is next. I do see your hand, Jane, but Roberta hasn't asked a question. So go
2: for it, Roberta. Great, thanks. Um, I hope this is simple. Can you tell me in Microsoft Edge, Windows Ten, how to delete a favorite?
1: I can. Let me give Nate this phone number, and then I'll go do it in the and I'll go through the process and do it myself real quick and tell you what I'm doing. Disability Answer Desk phone number is going to be eight hundred nine three six five nine zero zero, and I'll repeat that one more time. That's eight 800- hundred. Nine three six fifty nine hundred, and in Microsoft Edge, let's go. I'm going to go um, up to here. So if you hit Control Shift O, that'll open a list of your favorites. Okay, um, and so then you can tab to the list of the favorites that you want to delete. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump over here, and I want to delete this one. Why can I not do that? That's interesting. Uh, so I tried to right-click on the favorite, and it's not letting me. So if anyone else knows how to do it, feel free to unmute and ask while I play with this a little bit. But thank you, Roberta. I will play with it and let you know if I come up with an answer for you, okay? Great. Hey, guys, thank real you. quick, we're coming
3: up on 10 minutes till the top of the hour. Perfect. Okay, Thanks, thank Brad. you.
0: Anybody else have any questions? Uh, Jane had her hand up. Oh, Jane, what is your question?
4: With your with the pluggable, I have one here. How many devices does it
1: what was the device? The it's the, the pluggable folding Bluetooth keyboard Bluetooth that I ah. mentioned. Yep. So you can connect it to, I believe, three other devices. The thing is, is you can't switch between those devices. So you would have to disconnect if you wanted to use it on your phone and your iPad. You'd have to disconnect it from the phone and then connect it to the iPad. Um, so I mean, ultimately, there isn't really a limit, but yeah, you you can't be connected to
0: multiple devices at once.
1: Thank you, Jane. It's and like that
0: with any Bluetooth device, really. No, you can only have, you know, for example, no, if you there have Bluetooth, are
1: Bluetooth keyboards out there that you just, you can connect it to like three different devices and you hit a switch and it'll switch between those devices.
0: Right. But you can't be using the keyboard on two machines at the same time ah, or yeah. earbuds on two machines at the same time is what I was trying to say. It's a one or the other. You could save settings and switch quickly, but you can't actually use it on two devices at the same time.
1: Any other questions that you're seeing, Marty? Cause we got a phone I...
0: number.
5: This is Mary Beth. Um, and I downloaded Audible onto my iPhone and read a book. And now I want to delete the book. And I, I, I
6: thought this would be easy, but what's the best way to do that without deleting it out of my library
1: or any of that? So it won't delete it out of your library. If you find a delete option, it's going to delete it from your device. And I believe, I don't use Audible, but I believe you can flick down on the book title and it should give you the option to delete, does it not?
5: Okay. Uh, I I was trying that. I might not have done it right.
1: Yeah, give that a try. See if that works. Um, You may have to double tap and hold on the book title as well in order to get that. Um, And then... For the individual who is asking about favorites and deleting them in Microsoft Edge, I'll I'll tell you exactly what I just did is um, I hit Control-Shift-O to open uh, my favorite, I think, is the keystroke I press. Let me try it again. Yep. So uh, Control-Shift-O will open a page that has favorites. Then what I do is I use my control end to go to the bottom of the screen here, and I can up arrow to favorites uh, tree view bar. And I press enter to go into that. And I hear JAWS go into forms mode. Now, if I press up or down, I can hear a list of my favorites. So I found one that says toggle track. And if I press my applications key on that, it brings up a context menu that says open. Then if I tap, uh, it says open a new tab. Then if I tap the up arrow key, there's an option that says delete. And if I press enter on that, then it is gone and not available. So I'm going to do that again. Press applications. Up arrow wants to delete, and then it is gone. So hopefully that
0: wow, that's convoluted. <laughs> uh, but that is how you delete. Uh, favorites on. We are. Just about coming to the end here, and I don't see any more hands. I'm going to make a couple last-minute announcements. If you need to get a hold of us, you can email us at unmutepresents at gmail.com. If you're looking to check out some NVDA, check out the Bits channel tonight. Uh, all that information is going to be in the email that was sent out for today. And that is uh, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Michael, you got anything you want to say in the end here?
1: Another reminder that on September 13th will be... Uh, hosting Blind Shell USA and Diane from Blindshell USA will be here to answer questions and to talk to you more about this amazingly accessible tactile button phone that keeps getting improvements. Side note: It did just get the a lady on it last Monday, so uh, there there's a lot of uh, availability in this device that people are are intrigued by. And hopefully by then we'll have Ira on there as well. Uh, and then the last thing is: Remember, if you heard something in today's call and you're interested, it will be as a podcast through acb community and we appreciate acb community for uh, allowing us to have these opportunities um and we'll be back next week at 10 a.m pacific time that's 1 p.m eastern keep an ear out on the acb
0: community list and i think that's all i have marty one more time, the email if you guys need to get a hold of us is unmutepresents at gmail.com. Thanks for everybody for coming, and we'll see you here next week. Same time, same place. Have a great week.